Okay, it's a good episode today. I think we have Teresa back after, gosh, what, two months at least since we've had you on an episode. Teresa, welcome back to the show. Thank you. And we're also joined by Ed, who was on our last episode, the Thank Goodness for Chef Boyardee episode, which uh, just got released last week. And I went out and bought a can. And and you went out and bought a can of Chef Boyardee, yeah, which uh, those who listened to that episode will understand what you're talking about. But uh, welcome back, Ed. Thank you. And so we wanted to start off the episode with a little bit of... Um, because everybody, all of you guys have been on this show before, so it's uh, none of you are new to the show, and I don't think we really need to do any kind of introductions. But why don't we start off with the new year? I'll just kind of throw it out there. Do you believe in resolutions? Do you have a resolution? What's what's on tap for? Well, you know, maybe Teresa. I was just thinking, should we catch up on your where you've been the last couple months? Maybe we should go there first. All right. Yeah, I'm. Um, and I think last time recorded, I touched up on that. But um, I took on a new job. So I'm, I, I quit traveling. I was, I was having a really remote job traveling the world for two years, um, working entirely remote. And I took on a new job. I've gone from startup back into the corporate world, working for a very large firm in, in Germany. And um, it's actually the interesting bit about that. It's the first time I'm actually living in Germany as an adult. Um, I left Germany after high school um, and since have only ever been back as a visitor. I've never paid taxes here, I've never, never had a health insurance, never l- properly lived here in terms of having a flat or having to, you know, do my grocery shopping as a German adult, so to speak. So <laughs> it's very exciting. Well, where, where did you live from when you left Germany? Where did you live between then and, and now? Um, mostly in London, but also um, over five years in Zurich, Switzerland, Singapore. And then I did two years around the world, which you remember, I spent a longer time in Africa during that time. Yeah. So all, all over, really. So you're a taxpaying German at the moment, adult, taxpaying German adult. Yes, that's right. Yeah. And you're in Hanover now. I am in Hanover which is, um, it's got a reputation of being Germany's most boring city. And interestingly, the people here, as far as I've heard, are quite proud of that. They're happy not to stick out like the people from Berlin or Dusseldorf or Munich. Um, and But I must say, it's incredibly beautiful. Um, it's um, It ranks amongst Germany's five greenest cities in terms of uh, parks, um, forests, uh, green areas. Um, It's got a beautiful, um, beautiful architecture. Um, And so I I really like it. Hmm. But is it boring? I mean, I know COVID is sort of throws a whole different element into the mix, but... Yeah, it's really hard to say at, at, at this stage, because I really don't know what this city is like when there is not COVID around. It doesn't seem to be that boring. I mean, it's got it's got nightlife, it's got it's got restaurants, it's got bars like any other um, big city. Um, so I'm not sure where that reputation comes from. But it might just be because it simply isn't Berlin. It simply isn't Munich, right? There is. Um, yeah, I'll find out. I'll, I'll keep um, reporting in on that. Okay, and and you spent some time in Norway over uh, what was it a week in Norway? Um, it was it was actually three weeks in Norway. Um, oh right, when, you had to quarantine and everything there. 
I had to quarantine. Um, so I was up in Arctic Norway for a for a free diving and sailing trip, um, but I had to quarantine, um, which. Um, a lot of bad things happened. I, I, I lost my laptop um, with what we thought was one episode, basically the lost tape. Um, I yeah. seem to have found it on a cloud now. So you got to look into this and see if we can upload another um, recording. Um, I lost my wallet, including my driver's license, um, ID cards, credit cards, money, and all that. Um, I didn't have a great time, but the trip itself was a lot of fun. Um but I'm so happy to be back at a at my in my own four walls, beautiful new flat that I've moved in, um, back in an office, um, being able to go into an office, having new colleagues, um, creating new friendships where possible. So life is really, really good at the moment. I must say that even with this pandemic, it's just a, the everyday topic with everyone, and it feels like it's not really happening around me right now. I mean, I go to work, I'm at home, and I'm feeling so content with that, that I'm not really affected by there not being any life outside at the moment. Well, I can't say that's my experience. (laughs) (laughs) I am, what are we going into the first year in two months? For me, I'm noticing it, the isolation, not being able to see friends, and where I live in downtown Toronto, it's like a dead zone. It's unbelievable. And it's really sad to see all the shops going out of business. And, and I agree with you on that, yes. And restaurants. There's a, there's some, there was some uh, article, I think it was in Blog TO, I think, basically saying 60% of restaurants could possibly close. Yeah, it's not surprising. And I was in the backyard yesterday and just uh, bought a fire pit, actually uh, bought a fire pit and had it going last night. And I I was just looking into the house as I was had this fire going. And I just I was just starting to think of all the people that normally I would have have over, you know, have invite over to spend time and just have dinner parties and things like that, especially after being away for three years. I certainly have this real desire to reconnect with so many people and haven't had a chance to to do that. So it is tough. But, you know, you both live on your own. And Ed, you're, like you said, living in right in the downtown of Toronto, which is a complete dead zone because nobody's going into the office in Toronto right now. Absolutely. Yeah. But also where I live is, is uh, well, I live close to the financial district, but I also live in the, in the, in St. Lawrence and that's a huge tourism stop because of the market, for example. Um, but yeah, there's nobody here yesterday. Saturday was just completely dead. Although I did walk to sugar beach and there were lots of people down there. So, um, is the St. Lawrence market because it's a, it's, essential items i guess like food is it open it is open they tried to close the what they call the north market that's the one that's under construction and there's there's a temporary tent they tried to close it but there was such a public outcry that Hmm. it reopened but i I walked through it yesterday and like about only half of the vendors were there that's that is sad and and okay well on the resolution topic do you guys believe in new year's resolutions do you have new year's resolutions yeah, I think they're good. Yeah, I, it, it's actually such a, it's such a boring topic that will come up every sort of end of December and then into January because everybody asks you that. 
Um, and I tend to really have trouble sticking to it. Um, but I, I'm having one for this year and I'm doing the, the boring dry January simply because I feel that I am overall just consuming too much alcohol. Not that I get shit faced, but, um, it's, you know, it'll be a drink most day of the week, you know, one glass of wine, two glasses of wine or a beer here and there. Um, and I just, I want to see what effect it has to just not drink. Um, people think your skin is going to look better and you're, you're losing weight without even trying. So I do want to do that. And I want to be, and I, my hope is, is that I'll afterwards, I'll be more mindful because without being mindful, I'd be like, yeah, I'll have a glass of wine or two. And, and, and you know, it just adds up and that bothers me a bit. So I hope coming out of that, I'll be number one, be able to be tipsy much quicker <laughs> again. <laughs> um, also, um, I want to see um, the impacts on, you know, the spending. Because um, when I go shopping, I'll always load up some alcohol in my shopping cart yep. just so that I have a stash at home. Um, so I'll, I want to see, um, what's happening to that. And, but I've given myself two, um, allowances. Um, I don't want to be too hard on myself. And, um, I know it's really hard sometimes to turn down a drink, especially if you have a friend over. Um, so I've given myself two allowances, like vouchers, basically. I've spent one already, uh, last week. And then I know for a fact that I have, um, one of my colleagues coming over later this, this month. And that's not going to go without a drink. So two. Oh, so you have, you have a two, like two free passes for, for the month. Exactly. Yes. Do you think that increases your chance of sticking to it? Oh God. Yeah. I think so. Yeah. Because it's, it's otherwise, um, I was reading an article about New Year's resolutions and if you're being too strict with yourself, that's when it then backfires. It might only back, you know, it might not backfire in, in the month of January, but then afterwards and you're overcompensating and, you know, knocking back way too many drinks. So I think that is a really fair rule. And that also doesn't take away the fun, all of the fun. Right. Um, and it's, it's the idea of being mindful. I don't want to quit alcohol completely. I just want to be more mindful and drink a little bit less. You'll notice the um, you'll notice it on the money situation. It'll be yeah. oh, how come I have this much money? <laughs> I can imagine. Yeah, but absolutely. you're doing something to do with money as well, right? And yeah, I'm actually trying this whole month not buying anything <laughs> other than food and see just to see. Because I recently moved and, um, you know, I decided I did a big purge in the summer because I had nothing to do with COVID, threw a lot of things away. Didn't know that I was moving at that time, but it became extremely helpful when it came time to move so much so that I almost accomplished the whole thing myself. So now that I'm here, I'm thinking, I don't need anything. I mean, I don't need any clothes because I don't have a job to go to and there's nowhere, there's no theater to go to. And even if you did, Ed, I mean, I, I was thinking the other day, I haven't worn dress shoes in nine months. Uh, oh, I know. It's your, then can you imagine your feet the first time you wear them? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But anyways, yeah, no. So my, my uh, resolution is don't spend any money on anything. And I think the for only 30 thing I'm days? Say, for 30 days? For 30 days? days yeah. Just mm. food. And would it, it would do you think you need some like a Teresa talked about the allowance thing and giving herself two sort of cheat days? Uh, what I'm setting aside my cheat days are if something comes up like if a light blows, for example, then I'm going to buy a, a light for my kitchen. Sure, that well, that's kind of different. Thing. But, I think, but I also want to see you know just see how much money that I can you know slap away. And um, I've never been a saver. 
Um, I've always been a big spender, but uh, with my employment situation changing, um, becoming at least a retired person from my principal job, um, my, my money situation is going to be different. And I don't want that to be a shock. Yeah. But I have talked That's to good. lots of people who've retired and they basically say you generally spend a lot less money because working is expensive. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. One thing I can say right now is that, I mean, I think we're getting an Amazon delivery to this house once every other day. Well, Same it's here. because it's you. I'm, well, why are you surprised? It's because of what? It's just because of you. I mean, have you ever taken a tour through your own house? What do you mean? I mean, every single time I turn around, Clark, you got some new friggin' gadget, basically. The last time I looked, you basically had a rowing machine. And then I, yeah. you know, I signed on to do the um, podcast the other day with the, the, other, the two boys, and you got this big dot that you speak into. And I'm like, where the fuck did you get that? It's called a windscreen. A windscreen, I see. It's like $4, but I get your point. Oh, no. I'm surprised. I'm surprised Annette's not standing there at the door with like a, like a pot. You know, like, what, so what did you order with? now? What's coming in now? Oh, I want to make a point on that. And I'm getting so, number one, I really like your your um, your 30-day not spending challenge. I think that that's very healthy. Because um, I feel with you, I've just moved just like you did. And there's so many parcels arriving because, you know, little furniture things, pots and pans and silverware whatever you actually need mm-hmm. get, and then that's the one point you need a lot of things that's a lot of spending moving yeah um number my second point is i'm getting so tired of all of these parcels arriving um it i'm not sure it used to be so novel to have order on amazon and two days later even one day later it was there and by now i'm getting really annoyed i'd actually much rather pop out to a shop again oh Um, yeah i'm having i hate the all the packaging i hate the unpacking there's nothing exciting about it anymore yeah Um, i I still the novelty hasn't worn off on me i kind of do like getting the little deliveries but i mean part of it is that we're just using it more so that we don't, because a lot of places are closed. I mean, Toronto, yeah, I all the it. stores are closed for, except for like curbside pickup, they call it. Uh, and the grocery stores, those, those are the places that y- you can still go to. So if you want something generally, Amazon is the most convenient and easiest way to, to get it. And it's not just yeah. me at it's my wife ordering things too. And it's not necessarily oh, frivolous Annette things. Does, it's, Annette does it. She's walking around barefoot books, and pregnant it, because like of you. You know, spending half of your disposable income. That's not on true. A bunch of junk, but that's okay. I still think it's very interesting that you have a little dot to speak into. Yeah, it's called a windscreen. Yeah, windscreen. Okay, you just keep telling yourself that. So your thing is thirty days, Ed. It is, and I mean, if like I said, the only thing if something really serious came up, but you know, to add on to that, and I'm sure a lot of people noticed it, maybe. A little bit less than me christmas i didn't spend any money i bought mark one gift cost 50 bucks and a couple of little odds and ends you know i spent this year on christmas under a hundred dollars yeah hmm. and much of the chagrin of the retail industry right well exactly like i mean like i said i really am noticing it in my community um all of the small little shops are they're collapsing so well, my challenge for myself, I, I've got a couple things on the go. First of all, I'm not really a New Year's resolution kind of person because I do think they're almost all destined to fail. I have two things. I have 
a th- I'm trying to come up with a theme for 2021 that is kind of almost like a guiding light for how I want to operate. And it kind of goes a bit toward the 2.0 discussions we've had in the past, Teresa, about the new and improved Clark. Right now, I'm in the process of writing a list down every time I get an idea for something that I'd want to be different or better for myself in 2021. And that could be anything from an idea I get, like, I want to, you know, I look at my guitar sitting over in the corner and I think, geez, you know, I really want to learn how to play that thing. So I put down, learn to play guitar. Or we have some electrical switches in the kitchen. When you plug them in, they're loose and jag, like they jiggle around. And I'm thinking, so I'll write down, fix little things around the house that are bugging me. Just don't be touching anything electrical. The last thing you need is to be like buying yourself a trip to the ER. Okay. Yeah. You know, nobody wants a, like, to go to the ER fry, these days. With a fried hair. So I'll, I'm just oh, sort of... You don't have any. Sorry, continue. <laughs> so I'm making a list of things as they come up, and I'm going to eventually put together some kind of a theme. It's so weird with COVID and everything happening. In one way, I feel like just give ourselves a break, you know, just survive. Don't worry so much about having to do all these things. And let's just let COVID take care of itself. And hopefully new, some normal is going to come back. But the other thing I I believe in is that these things are best done kind of what you're doing, Teresa, and as well you add is the 30 day challenge aspect, which it has a time frame to it. So it's, it's not like, okay, you're going to just stop spending in 2021, which is obviously not realistic, or you're not going to drink anymore, Teresa. That's not what you're aiming to do. You said all the reasons why you're doing this. So mine is a 30-day challenge to row 3,000 meters per day. And to do that takes about 12 minutes to to row 3,000 meters. And you mentioned I got a rower, Ed, and it's actually over in the corner of my basement here where I'm recording. I love the thing. It's it's really, I spent a lot of time deciding whether to buy it and I'm super happy with the purchase. And I'm thinking, just to give you an example on the, th- on the fact that I made this a 30-day challenge, I'm now, what, 10 days into it. I haven't rowed today, but I'm now making sure I get that row in. So for example, yesterday I got back from running a couple errands and I said, okay, you better row now because you're going to probably have some drinks with dinner a little bit later. It's a Saturday, it's a Friday, Saturday night. And so you better get the row in because you're not going to row at nine o'clock at night after you've had a big meal and had a few drinks. So it sort of modified my behavior to say, well, when are you going to get this thing in? And the same thing today, I got to think about when I'm going to get the row in. Otherwise it's not going to happen. And I'm wondering if this, two allowances thing might not be a bad idea for me because I think what happens in a lot of cases with this is that when you miss a day or you you break somehow you have that one drink you tend to just say oh, well screw it it's 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 done exactly. it's over it's very hard to continue I'm worried that if for some reason I didn't get a row in today that I'm going to just like or tomorrow or whatever that I might just throw it out the window but I'm thinking this two allowances thing might not be a bad way to go. That's an interesting point. I haven't I haven't thought about then you're probably more likely to ditch it because yeah, I've I've sucked at this anyway. It seems like there's no point keeping at it, but this way you've got it all laid out in your head. Um that's a good good one. 
There is an element to the fact that it's a streak of 30 days that does give me, that's partly what's motivating me too. So I, then I would worry maybe if I give myself a couple allowances, then I might have a better chance of messing it up or worse chance of continuing it. So I don't know. I think I might just plug away to try to do it 30 days straight. Uh, that's what I've been thinking I'm, I've been doing that I will do. So that's, that's, that's the plan. This episode is brought to you by Pace Painting. Pace Painting, serving all your painting needs, whether commercial or residential. Reach Pace Painting at paintwithpace at gmail.com or via their Facebook page, Pace Painting, Inc. Or call Peter at 289-356-7744. Paint with Pace. So here's a topic that's been on my mind, been lingering, and I think we've, we've talked about this. I want to talk about crushes, you know, the I. I refer to them as schoolgirl crushes when you're all giddy and excited. And I, I notice how they're, I'm a long-term single, but I notice how crushes are happening to me um, every once in a while. And my question is, do you, do you ever, are you ever too old for these crushes? And I wanna talk about, you know, when is a crush okay? How, how long can it go on for? How intense is okay? Do you tell other people about it? Um, cause I quite enjoy them and I'm talking about the crushes, like I said, that get you all giddy. The other person not necessarily doesn't know about it. You keep it all to yourself. I mean, it's it, literally like a high school mm. sort of thing. Um, but they elevate you and they get you very excited and they lift you through the day. Um, I, um, I'm going to start off saying that I love them. I do get concerned about them every once in a while, but, um, I think they're the spice of life. Um, so, and the reason why I want to talk about this is when I was up in Norway, um, there was one person on the trip that I thought was just absolutely dashing and 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 handsome, a guy in this instance. And you know, nobody would ever know about this, but I just could not stop staring at him, and I and I'd get all flustered, and <laughs> I just I loved it. It just lifted me through this entire trip and coming back and going on for days afterwards until it subsided, obviously. Um, but I, it just made those, those, those weeks really special. Um, and I don't ever want to lose that ability to have crushes. What are your thoughts on that? Hmm. I would agree. Uh, by the way, I still, that Norwegian dude, I still follow him on Instagram. So do I. Yeah. Oh, I would have, I, w- I would have died on that tour. I mean, I saw, I saw what you were, what you were dealing with. Um, <laughs> But um, yeah, uh, for me, it was a little different. Um, Can I just ask a quick clarification, though? So, okay, here's this guy, and you decide you have this crush, and what prevents you from acting on that? Well, number one, that person was married. Biggest reason. Number two, that's just not I, I have I, I, I'd rarely act on on a crush like that because my the fear of rejection is just too real. Um, 
Plus, you don't want to, you know, you're on a tiny boat with, with four other people. You don't want to exactly hit on somebody there. So, no, I kept <laughs> it all to myself and thought it was really special. And, um, and, and that and was is there a little bit of a, is there a little bit of a, you don't want to break the spell either of the crush? Oh, that's, like, that's a very good point because, you know, realistically, how would that ever pan out, right? Um, chances are you're going to get rejected. Chances are, it, even if it worked out, it, or even if, if there was mutual feelings, it, it still wouldn't work out. You know, transferring a crush into the real world is an entire different scenario. And maybe yeah. you don't want that. And I think, I think actually there's crushes where you know that wouldn't be for the real life. That just wouldn't work and that wouldn't even be as attractive. But it's that... right. Yeah, it's, it's like seeing an actor on screen, really. It's that sort of crush. Ed, what were you going to say? Um, well, I, I don't have tend to have celebrity crush, crushes myself, but um, I will say I'll tell you a little bit about the ones that I tend to have. Uh, doing theater a lot, um, I tend to have um, crushes on fellow actors. And I can tell you about a really famous one. In 1995, I met this skinny guy, and I was actually, we, I was doing extra work for the Canadian Opera Company, and I thought he was so cute. I was 30, and I think he might have been maybe 21 or 22, and he had really, really, really nice brown eyes and beautiful hair, the most beautiful hair, and he was funny and charming, and I really fell for this guy. That was way, that was a crush gone mad. Mm. Guess who that it was? was. Spark? <laughs> it was. Oh dear, yeah. <laughs> so much so that I think I told him actually I in my, my head old, immediately. Yeah, well, there you go. That's actually that <laughs> I guess we can't go to the famous statement. Oh sure, why not? So much so that when Clark's mum met me for the first time the first thing she said to clark afterwards was oh well we'll have to have edward up to the house to meet your sister and clark goes well yeah you know i guess that'll be okay and everything and then clark's mom said well he doesn't have a girlfriend does he clark goes well no ed's gay no i didn't no no no, that's not how it went it was she said we'll have to have ed over and maybe to you know to meet meet your sister and I said, well, yeah, okay. And she said, he's not married, is he? Oh, is it married? And I yeah. said, no, no, he's not married. Does he have a girlfriend? No. Oh, um, actually, you know what? Maybe you're right, Ed. Maybe I did say, well, he's, he doesn't. He No, I think you're doing it the right way. Anyway, so we don't want to bore people to death with right. this. But bottom line is keep going to the end of the story. No, I'm not going to tell the whole story. <laughs> Why no, not? I, I can't. I can't. I'll tell it then. So basically, there was this pause, and then um, Clark said, well, he's gay. And then there was a pause, and then Clark's mom went, well, I hope you're not. <laughs> and he's been living that one down ever since. Well, okay, and I guess since you've already let it out of the bag, uh, you know, I'm at work, but first of all, this conversation is on the phone with Ed at work in a cubicle environment with people all around me. And I'm thinking, you know, mom, if I was gay, I'm not coming out here in the office on this phone call with you right now, you know, just, so it was uh, a a little bit bizarre, but uh, anyway, um, 
but we yes, digress. But just to finish off, theater crushes are very, very common, so much so that they have a name. They're called show crushes. And I have to say, basically, you usually find somebody in every production that you're in. I mean, sometimes it can be a little bit, the pickings can be a little bit grim, but uh, I, I usually yeah, did. But now with no theater and you don't see anybody, it's impossible to have a crush. It makes sense in any in any place where we're sort of confined and we're on a... You know, funny that you would say that, you know, we're confined, we're in a situation together. In this case, you're on this long theater production, long hours, etc. Um, think about work environments. How often has have people, have I had work crushes? Um, and how or going on holidays, going on um, expeditions, you know, hiking for three and a half um, weeks through some sort of like a desert or so, and you automatically will fall for somebody. Um, that's a good point, Ed. Yeah. Yeah, having a sort of a shared environment. My, my crushes in professionally have been very rare, but it's also the organization I work for too. It's primarily women for one. Um, and uh, yeah, I just don't think yeah, it hasn't been hasn't been an issue at at, at professional. When I say work, and when when you say theater, to me that translates into work because I, as far as I know, yeah, you that's can, it's almost yes. like a it's it's a sort of a profession to you as well, right? You did that qu quite professionally Absolutely. at some point. Absolutely. Yep, and it's one that I'm hoping Clark's going to refine his way back to now that he's back in Canada. I sure, I wanted to, especially uh, you know with COVID. Unfortunately, that wasn't possible, but. You know, one comment about the theater, too, is that theater is this land of make-believe, right? So, you're mm -hmm. a character in a show. You are in costumes. And so, you're in this kind of make-believe world, and it's got a finite amount of time. It's usually a couple months that these productions, from, from the time you first re start rehearsing to the time the shows are over... There's the whole romantic aspects of the show going up, you know, now we've got an audience and then it has a run of, you know, seven or eight shows or whatever. And then the show's over. And with that comes a whole bunch of different emotions. And then when you tie that all into some person that's, you know, you've been working with for this period of time, you bond with, absolutely. Theater is a, is a ripe kind of place for this this sort of thing and so much so that some people actually join theater productions to front to, to meet people right we've seen that oh yeah and we've seen all kinds of different things go a little sideways in that sense as well with people getting involved and of course now my wife's going to hear this and think oh, you're never doing another show again you know it's just but it is ripe for, oh, Clark, for this sweetheart basically if i could start yapping about show crushes than you since because we did a lot of productions together actually uh, both at the opera and theater and uh you you worked your way through the ranks <laughs> okay yeah well i've seen pictures I of mean, both of you and let me you know, let me be blunt. If I had been in the production, I'd had I'd have an equal crush on both of you. Oh yeah, I mean, there there shows that we did, especially period shows where men tend to look really, really good in sort of, you know, period costume. Yeah, we had our day. The Clark, long didn't hair we? and all the different the long yeah, hair, French the French outfits, and yeah. That was absolutely you know, I had some crushes on. I had again. crushes on some of the people in the opera. When we did the operas, 
the people that oh, like the you? big the big singers like the like not big as in physically big but well there was there was that that german house frau that totally wanted to bed you in um <laughs> flying dutchman i think she was like 60 something and i was 24 yeah, and she or? was she was oh she was totally after there's a you, picture man. of her looking at me i think Oh, the stories I could tell. But that's okay. Those are for later episodes. Or if anyone just wants to email me if they want a Clark story. For an after dark. Then, yeah. Pardon? We were thinking of an after dark. We talked about this where we can talk about some of the more darker, um, you know, R-rated conversations that we can't really share so much on here. Oh, so how would that work then? Can you explain that to me? Um, yeah, it would be... There would be a special segment of episodes that would be called We Talked About This After Dark. And it would, I was thinking I would even make the logo like black with like a moon or something. And these would be reserved, they would be explicit or whatever. They'd be rated in iTunes as as explicit in that, you know, so the kids would have a child filter on it or whatever. But we would just use it for topics that are a little bit maybe risque that you wouldn't want to have necessarily on on the car while the kids are sitting in the back seat okay well, sounds good to me i'm in there's life in the old man yet a lighter topic now we've talked before in the past about you know embarrassing moments that can happen to us when we visit other people particularly if we go to their houses and uh, the first thing i thought of when i thought about embarrassing moments was when i was well, i guess i was probably about 14 I was visiting a friend, and um, I had to go to the bathroom. And is this the Mikey story? No, this is a different one. Oh. Can I tell that one? No. It, it, you weren't there. It doesn't count. Let me finish. Oh. Okay. Okay. So, I was visiting a friend. I had to go to the bathroom, number two, and I went to flush the toilet, and um, I noticed that the, uh, the water, was, it didn't cl- flush properly. I pushed it again. And then I watched the water level rising and uh, rising, and it kept rising. And all of a sudden, it just started going over the edge of the bowl. Where were you? So I was at a friend's place, and I was there with, it was a couple of friends. It was my friend Chris. Well, the water started pouring all over the floor. And um, yeah, I'm visiting a friend's house and I'm in this parent's house, basically. I'm 14 years old and this water is pouring all over the place and I'm completely freaking out. And so it stopped pouring eventually, but there was a whole bunch of water on the floor. And then you're like, I don't see a plunger in here. What do I do? You know, have you ever done that where you look at the toilet and you kind of question well, maybe now I can flush it and it'll be okay. It'll it'll go. Uh, Once it's overflowed, you're fucked. So I had to basically sheepishly, basically walk out of the bathroom and go to my friend and say, Chris, I, I clogged the toilet. Like, I'm so embarrassed. And so he called his dad and stupidly, I think Chris tried to flush it. And so then it started flowing again. And then he starts freaking out. He's like, dad, dad. And his dad comes storming up. And basically he ran and got a plunger and uh, sorted it all out. But uh, yeah, that was one of the most embarrassing moments I've had visiting a a person. How close Hmm. were you with Chris? Because there is different types of embarrassment, right? You have the type of, 14 is an uncomfortable age to start with. But um, you have have the, I can think of 
um, you know, I was close to him, by the way. He was okay. good, good, a very close friend. Right, yeah, right. Well, I mean, overflowing the toilet after doing a number two is, is never not embarrassing, obviously. But I can think of two, three friends where we probably have a good laugh about it. And then there's a, all of the others, and then including crushes and people who you're dating, you're going to their home for the first time, and it's a, just that classic story, right? That happens in any movie. Um, yes, I'm just I'm just getting sweaty armpits just listening to you. <laughs> there is a movie, Along Came Polly, which has a funny scene yes. where where he's in the bathroom and he clogs the toilet, and I think he tries to use like a a feather duster or something to yes. like unclog uh, it's it. it ben, it's Ben Stiller. Ben Stiller, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Well, mine is very similar to yours, unfortunately. So I hope this isn't just going to be a whole discussion about fucking people taking shits everywhere, but. Um, <laughs> You, uh, uh, you and your wife uh, rented a beautiful um, Airbnb up north in Ontario uh, when you came back from Japan, and you invited me to come up for a couple of days. And so the place was really nice, and I went to bed, um, and I don't know, remember, I think I made something spicy for dinner that night for everybody, but I just remember I woke up the next morning, and to my horror, I had sharded in the bed and it was well, explain what sharded means i absolutely refuse to explain what sharded is if well, people, people don't know what that know. is then then they can fucking google it it's in, uh, okay it's I'll, put the, I'll put the note i'll put it in the show notes what okay, sharding fine. basically means you tried to pass wind and s- something else came out i can't believe here i am but, you know i you chose it you, you decided to talk you know, about it yeah anyways here i am i can't believe i'm talking about sharding and you wait I a was sec you sharded so in the bed yeah, and you see, the reason you guys don't know oh my God, Ed. is because, thank God, the dish, the washer and dryer was on the same floor as the bedrooms. Oh, not like yeah. You had, to, you had to have the walk of shame down the staircase, you know, with, like <laughs> with this your big sheet in ju- hand. Your sheet in your hand. No, I just threw it in the wash, and I figured maybe Annetta won't hear the washer or dryer go on. And that way, basically, it'll look like I had just taken the sheets off the bed because I was leaving, where, in fact, I had another night to stay. But yes, there's my yeah. embarrassing moment. But I completely on your final ca- night staying in someone's house, you like clean sheets. That yeah. would have been your excuse. Yeah. Well, I don't know what I would have said. I would have probably just admitted it. But that is definitely my embarrassing moments, and there have been others. Okay. Like I passed out. Like I passed out in your driveway in Japan on my last night, the second trip. Yeah, but as Teresa said, you know, we know each other really well, so that sort of changes the dynamic a little bit. I don't think it would have been that attractive if for you to open the door to get the front, open the front door to get the paper the next morning with you, your two children behind you, and then there's Uncle Ed passed out Slumped in the driveway. The, yeah, yeah, which would have happened if I hadn't got myself together and made it into the house. Now we're going to talk about that moment in the show where we talk about an unofficial sponsor for our episode. And Teresa, you have a product you wanted to share that you purchased and uh, are enjoying the use of. Why don't you tell us about this product? Very much so. It's coming back to moving to a new place, ordering furniture, whatever you need. I have got a beautiful place in the nicest area of town. It's a fairly large place, around um, 82 square meters, so it's good enough for one person. It's got a massive bathroom, but it does not have, and it's got a massive walk-in, even floor shower, but it doesn't have a bathtub. And I love bathtubs. It was actually a massive criteria for me for a flat, but 
along comes this perfect flat. It just didn't have a bathtub. So I thought, well, what, what can I do? And I knew there is companies that do produce bucket bathtubs or whatever they're called, but there's also inflatable ones. And it didn't take me a long time to, I didn't think there was good quality ones out there, but it didn't take me a long time to find one that's actually perfect. And it's called Tubble Amsterdam. So it's a Dutch brand, mm. um, really beautifully made, comes in um, nice colors. Um, I've got a, I've got a taupe color, which is, a, you know, I can offer like a darker beige. Um, it fits around 300 liters of water. It actually, when I'm in it, it feels bigger than the standard European single bathtub that you'd find in a normal house. Um, it inflates within probably 10 seconds. And then once you're done... 10 you, seconds, that's it? Yeah, because you've got a little like a motor. Uh, 10, I'm dying to see this. Uh, we, we should probably link up a picture. Um, yeah, I'll put a picture in the show notes. It's it's great. It's got a cup holder um, and so it inflates 15, maybe 20 seconds, but that's really about it. Um, it's yeah. It could even be big enough for two people. It's really deep, so it goes up to, to right up my neck. And it's been brilliant because I, I'll set it up and then I, when I'm done, I'll dry it off and I deflate it, put it back into a cupboard and and then that's it how do you drain it like well, how does where does it get drained oh, it's into got a, it's got a drain and a little hose attached so and then the hose you just stick it into the into the whatever that hole in the floor is where you the the, the, the drain it goes into drain interestingly if you go into the website or the instagram they you can put it all over me and my best friend were dreaming of putting it onto the balcony i've got a really big ba balcony and that just means buying a bigger like a garden hose and then you drain it into the garden yeah. or well, you're not going to like parade on your balcony nude not, getting not in nude, and out of no, this. Not, not in the shape that I am right now. Obviously, if I manage to lose whatever 15 kilograms, I might as well just do that. Yeah. Just saunter out there and unapologetically have a bath on your balcony. My friend and I were dreaming of doing it in, in you know, wearing a bikini and, 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 and trunks and having, having mimosas and having perhaps the, the, the TV so that we can still watch it and then having a really hot bath um, whilst being out on the balcony. Hmm. Yeah, well, I don't need a tubble. We never, I don't take baths. So uh, I'd say it's good that you have found a solution though for anyone that's in a similar predicament of living in an apartment without a, a tub. There's the tubble, the Dutch tubble. Tubble Amsterdam is what they're called, yes. Tubble Amsterdam. I will put a note in the show notes about that. All right, guys. Good episode, I think. Uh, good to catch up. Get all three of us together. Have a great week. Thank you so much.